Guys, if you're thankful for our pastor, come on, that's Pastor Rick, the big bear, come on. Wouldn't be here without him. Well, hey, I'm, 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 I'm stuttering. I'm so excited to speak to you guys. You, you college students leave, and us young adults just stay and kick it in Conway, and crazy things happen, and then you come back, and so we're still here, if you were wondering. But I'm really excited uh, for 2016. Pastor's going to come speak one week at Elevation. I found that out yesterday. You can get excited about that. Uh, we'll probably do a relationship series soon. Y'all just need to know that because you're always asking me about that, so I told you. Okay, but... One thing I want to celebrate with y'all last year, I forgot to in December, is this. Last year in 2015, we had 65 people in Elevation give their life to Christ for the first time or rededicate, and 36 people get baptized. You can give God a hand right there. Come on. Let's find your place, baby. That's some of you guys, and that's a big deal. And so I just want to say I'm proud of you guys, and that's why we exist as a ministry, man, for people who have an opportunity to take a step uh, in the relationship with God and find your place. I do have one thing I need to apologize you guys for. If you're new, you're going to be like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So Justin Free, our, our creative and worship pastor, brought to my attention, there was, there was probably half the time last year where our services probably went a little too longer than they should have. And that main reason is probably because Pastor Mir got a little excited and spoke a little too long. And so for some of y'all, you're like, I love service. I'll be here all night. But I understand most of y'all sacrifice time to be here. I know you love church. But you sacrifice time to hear. So I have to apologize as, as the pastor's ministry. I'm going to do a better job of this. But I never want you to hesitate coming to church. You can definitely connect with God without church. But I never want you to hesitate coming here because of me, because you think, oh, I don't know if I have time to come. Because we always want you to worship, hear the word, and spend time with your church family. So I want to apologize. We're going to do a better job. But that's all I got to say about that. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray for another ministry in town because we're not the only college of young adult ministry. That's for sure. Let's pray. God, we love you. We pray your, your spirit and presence would be here and teach us in your incredible word. And God, we pray for BCM on UCS campus. Lord, we pray for Pastor Ryan, and we, and we pray for their gatherings on Monday nights. Just like we meet on Thursdays, Lord, they meet on Mondays. And God, I pray you'd bless the college students and their young adult leaders and that ministry, Lord. I pray just for their mission trips this summer. They're taking 60 students all across this world, God. I pray for blessing in the finances. I pray that you would train and equip them. And Lord, I just pray that they have opportunities to share Jesus Man, with people all across this world. We're thankful for that ministry, God. We pray, their, pray for their leader, Brian, and all their leaders who, who lead other college students. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm excited about the message I believe God's put on my heart. You heard it from Pastor Rick. Every year in New Life, we do a theme. Um, Pastor Rick and our other pastors seek God for a theme, vision for our year. And this year, yes, it is the year of the Bible. And what that simply means, I know some of y'all have already gotten into this, is we're going to go through the one-year Bible together as a church. Hear me when I say church elevation. So that means people older than this, adults, grandparents, but that means the high school students. That means the children in children's ministry are going to be going through the Bible at age-appropriate levels. The middle school students in 412, they're going to be going through the Word. So when we talk about this tonight, not only am I challenging you all to take a step in your faith, but our whole church is doing it. And so it's exciting and it's super awesome. But how this will play out is what we're doing is in the plan, it's, it's an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, a proverb, and a psalm. So I don't know if you've ever tried to read the Word, but sometimes you'll just start from Genesis and try to bull through, and sometimes you just run out of gas and you're like, oh gosh, because it kind of gets different, and you learn some historical things, but this one bounces around, so I really think it keeps it fresh, and so some resources for you guys, we'll have a slide about it, we have an NLC app, so you can go on the app, it's free, and you can get, the, get it there, the year of the Bible, you can go on newlifechurch.tv backslash Bible, probably the best way to do it, so on there, there's a daily devo every day that Pastor Rick's pastor wrote 30 years ago, it's gangster, it's incredible, you need to read it, I'm just telling you, just woo, it's a cup of coffee and that, you, it goes good. So you can look at this every day, and then you can get version. it's that Bible app, it's bible.com, it's the free Bible, and it'll send you to that link, or you can just look on that website and look at the readings and go through your good old-fashioned real Bible, you know what I'm saying, not that electronic swag, but I'm just challenging you and ask you to join with us if you haven't, 
And just like Pastor Rick said in the video, if you, if you ever get behind or, or you miss a day, I missed yesterday, to be honest with you all. I'm gonna read tonight, yesterday, and today. I'm your pastor, let me confess. It's okay, he just asked us to click refresh. If you miss a day, a week, if you miss a month, for all, just click refresh. It's not about, oh, counting these days and checklists. It's just about getting in the word together and getting truth, because we need truth. Can I get an amen on that? And what's cool about the Bible app, you can read it on your, on your Bible, you can read it on your phone, you can push play and it'll play it. So if you're a young adult and you have a drive to Little Rock and you're not the biggest fan of reading, you can listen to it. If you're a college student and you're driving to class or walking on across campus, you can kind of be the non-social person with headphones that everyone tries to say hi to and they don't see you and then you feel awkward because you're like, hey, Ellie, you didn't see me. You can listen to it on the way of class. This is it. I, I got a perk for you. Okay, if that's too hard for you, if you can't get in your word, if you're like, Amir, I don't listen to it, my boy, Big Beard, Andy Morris will come to your house or apartment He's going to tuck you and he's going to read you the word one day at a time. As I say that for the girls, that's weird. So Andy won't be doing that. I'm sorry. He just asked for cookies. He really likes, I'm just getting healthy. But we, we want to do whatever you can to get in the word. Andy, I'm sorry. I just had to say it. It was really good. Okay. We just need the word. And so please hear my heart in that. Let me say this though. Let me ask you a question. Let me poll everyone. This isn't a trick question. I'm going to raise my hand to it. How many of y'all have never gone through the whole Bible? Raise your hand, please. Look around the room, okay? So this is why I'm so excited you put your hands down, because we're going to do it together, Elevation. It's not just saying, hey, I know you've heard from a pastor, hey, we need to get it in the Word. I know if any of y'all grew up in church, or if you're like me, you didn't grow up in church, I think you understand as a Christian we got to get in the Word. But look around the room. What I've been most excited about is to start Elevation, not only start Elevation, to get in the Word with you guys as a ministry growing together. Because let me tell you about the Word. I know it's a simple thought, but it's not easy. Let me, let me just, just say the elephant in the room. I know it's not easy. And to be honest with you guys, in my spiritual walk, before I was a pastor and even harder when I was a pastor, the hardest area for Amir to grow in was reading the Word. Last year, last semester, I'm your pastor, and I'd probably read the Word sometimes once or twice a week. And not to say that there's a certain number you're supposed to do, but it's a challenge for me. And sometimes my heart for you guys, I'm 28, I'm, most, I'm older than most people in the room. We got some young adults that are awesome and they're older than me and I love that, it makes me really happy. But my heart, half the time I teach y'all is I just don't want y'all to struggle or make the mistakes I did now. Like if, if, you, if you figure out the things we're gonna talk about tonight before the age of 28, it's a win to me. Like I'm, I try to be like a player coach to you, you know what I'm saying? I like to coach, I get excited. Intramural days, we're just the best, but we're past that. So we need the word of God. All I'm asking you guys tonight, I know you know the word's important, just to have an open heart to what I'm gonna teach tonight. Can we do that? Can we do that? If you can do that, say amen. amen. Write this down if you're taking notes. It's a simple thought, but I think it's really powerful. To know God is to know his word, and to know his word is to know him. They go hand in hand, guys. If you guys want a closer relationship with the Lord, you got to know his word. In order to know his word, it makes you understand and know the character, God himself. They go hand in hand. That's what's so powerful about the word. So if you're taking notes, when you walked in, you got notes around your phone, I highly encourage you to take notes. Note takers or history makers, I'm trying to let you make history. I'm proud of you guys already. So this, the title of this message is The Trust Test, okay? The Trust Test. And why I've entitled it that, because I'm going to give you three points of the way the word, man, we can really grow closer to God through his word. And then I'm, in each point, I'm going to give you a lie that the enemy is going to throw at us to help us get away from the word. So then any time in your life, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's a week from now, whether it's a month from now, whether it's August or whether it's 2019, I want you to be able to come back and look at this message and say, how am I doing in these areas? I'm going to test myself. And then how am I doing these areas and these lies that the enemy tries to separate us from? 
Because in John 10, 10, Jesus said, hey, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all his plan. Steal your dreams. Kill your hopes. But, the biggest but in the Bible, if, if you ask me, but I've came to give you life and life to the full. It's a promise. So no matter, he's going to try to trick you and he's going to try to deceive you. That's fine because I've, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And this book is full of life. Can I get an amen? So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to jump right in. If you're taking notes, number one. These are ways you can draw close to the heart of God if you want to paraphrase it. I know some of y'all got your nice, fancy notes. Number one, you got to be self-fed, okay? You got to be self-fed. You might have heard me talk about this before. I, it's hard to have a mic and grab the Bible. Okay, you got to be self-fed. And if you'll turn to Psalm 1, verse 1, uh, on your phone Bible, if you have one, it'll also be on the screen if you need it to be. This verse really plays out the heart of this thought of being self-fed, okay? Let me read it to you. Scripture says, blessed is the man... Or happy is the man, encourages the man, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Basically, blesses the man who don't hang out with boo-boo people. That's what it's trying to say. <laughs> blesses the man who don't hang out with kind of crazy people who are talking crap behind their back or mocking things. Don't, don't do that. Don't do it. It's bad. Verse 2, this is where it gets good. But his delight, or his joy, is in the law of the Lord. The Old Testament would call the word of God the law of the word. That's what it is. It's just the word. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Talking about habitually. And hear me, Elevation, when it says day and night, you might already be like, whoa, every day? That could be five minutes. You gotta remember, it's, it's all about your heart. It's not about having a religious spirit and feel like I gotta do this to earn God's love. You cannot earn. There's nothing you could do to make God love you more or less. That's what you need to know to die. So even if it's five minutes one day and an hour the next, we're gonna get in the word day and night. Verse 3, I, I want you all to see this metaphor in your head. Visualize this, because this is what we're going to do with the Bible a lot today. I'm going to teach you, but this is a metaphor. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields us fruit in season, which we all want to do. We want to be successful. We want to we have fruit in our lives, and whose leaves do not wither, but whatever this tree does, whatever it does, it prospers. It's blessed. It's successful, Right? So imagine this metaphor. The tree is planted by water. It takes root by the water so it can be fed by the water. It doesn't say, hey, at noon, uh, Hansel and Gretel come and water the tree every day. It doesn't say that. The tree is self-fed. And so if we take this metaphor and we apply it to our lives, blessed are we who get in the word every day and every night. Blessed are we who plant ourselves in the living water of the Lord. Let me teach it this way with this principle. I I've told you guys this before. It's the thought of what you feed yourself, you'll hunger for, okay? What you feed yourself, you will hunger for. Let me explain this to you. So sometimes I've said this, and some of y'all have told me, and I understand because it's a normal human response. Sometimes we get to a place, if you're like me, and you're like, I don't really feel like reading, or I don't know if I want to read the Word. That's true. I understand. No problem. But sometimes we don't really feel like, hello, January, spring break's coming, working out. Or sometimes we really don't feel like getting in shape or eating better. Or sometimes college students, we really don't feel like studying. It's Sunday, it's 11, I don't feel like stinking studying, you know? I don't feel like it. That's just the truth. But what happens is, is when you put some work into it, what happens is when you devote yourself to it, you start working out and you get past the awful soreness. Hello, somebody, anybody been sore this month? Thank you, not just me, okay. Maybe y'all are just all super athletes, okay, great. Uh, when we get past, when we start to put some days in, when we start to get past the soreness if we're talking about working out, and we start to feel better, and our clothes start to fit better, and we don't get sick as much, and we start to see fruit in our lives from something that we didn't really want to do, and we start to eat better. Or if you're a student, you start having success in school, and the, the goals you're desiring, maybe it's B's, maybe it's A's, maybe you like C's, get degrees, that's okay too. But the goals that you're setting, someone's giving me a wave in the back. The goals you're setting, 
You start to see fruit in it. What happens? You want to continue to do that. You hunger for those grades. Or if you're, if you're a young adult in this room and you're working, and you know there's always a learning curve when you get a new job, but then you start to get the hang of it. You start to get successful. You start to see fruit. You don't just kick up your feet and be like, well, see it in 2017. I'm good. I'm just going to be lazy the rest of the year. No. You want to continue to do better. You want to continue to be successful. You want to continue to put the work in. Why? Because you're seeing the fruit. Because what you have fed yourself, you're hungering for now. The same is with the word elevation. Scripture calls the word our living water. So think about water in our physical life, in our physical body. We have to have water to survive. If you don't drink water over the course of time, bye. And I don't want you to buy, but bye. You have to have water. It's just the truth. We have to have food and water. And think about it this way. There's times in our lives when we're so thirsty. Like think of the time in the day when you're just the most thirsty. For me, it's when I wake up in the morning. I can like pound water the night before. And I wake up and it's like I was in the desert in a dream. And I woke up and I was like... Uh, and it's just the craziest thing in the world. Or after you work out, maybe you're really thirsty. I don't know what it is for you after a practice, but you're so thirsty. And how good is water? Let's be honest. It's incredible. You're just like, ah. And then you drink too much, and it's like wishy-washing in your belly, and you're like, this is kind of weird. So there's times when it's incredible. We still need it like we always need it, but there's certain times it's really, really good, right? There's other times where you go out to eat with your friends, and you go, this happens to be around the table. I'll take a water. I'll take a water. I'll take a water. I'll take a water. I'm like, what a Dr. Pepper, man. What's wrong with y'all? No, get that water lemon out of here. I don't want that. I want a Dr. Pepper really bad. No, I don't want to die. I'm feeling crazy today. I want a regular one, right? But even on that day, you still need the water because water is always going to be nourishment to you. The same is with the Word of God. There's going to be some days, guys, where you're discouraged or you're challenged or you need direction or you need wisdom or you're maybe just curious and you're going to read the Word and it's going to do something inside of you because that's how God created us. And it's going to be nourishment to your body. It's going to feed you spiritually. And you're going to be like, wow. And then you're going to have that moment like, wow, I should do this all the time. And some days you're going to wake up and you're going to look at the book or look at your phone and be like, I don't feel like reading today. And you're just not going to want to do it. But just like why there's going to be dies, we're going to kind of have to push through a little. We're just going to read just to get our spiritual nourishment. I think about it this way. I've seen it a lot in my life. And just when, if you ever watch the news, it's even more discouraging than it ever was. But I think it can go this way. We can either hunger for the things of the world or we can hunger for the word of God. I think it's really black and white. And so what happens is when we hunger for the things of the world, they, they always leave us empty. They never really fulfill us. Sin is fun for a season, but it always comes back to get you. That's the truth, guys. I just want to be honest with you. But the word of God always fulfills us. It always nourishes us. It, it always replenishes us. So in every one of these points, I'm going to give you a lie. So the lie of being self-fed, remember, we're talking about feeding ourselves daily, getting into the Word, or getting time with God daily so we can grow. The lie that goes with it, the first lie is, I don't have time. That's what we tell ourselves. Well, man, Amir, I want to be self-fed. I want to spend God, time with God daily. Your Word says that, give me this day that daily bread. But man, Amir, I don't have time. And for me, guys, this has been a huge lie in my life. I've believed this for so long, even as a pastor. I'm thinking, as a pastor, I don't have time. And it's like, well, you're kind of almost hired at times to read the word and encourage people. That doesn't make sense. How would you not read the word if you're a pastor? But even before I was a pastor, this was my excuse. Well, I I don't have time. But then for Amir, I can spend a couple hours on social media. (laughs) Lately, I can just game on my iPad. It's nerdy, but it's just fun at night when I'm trying to unwind. Um, But then that's kind of challenging because it's like, Amir, you said you have no time, and you've been on, like, electronic stuff for, like, four hours today, right? And so then I, I had to do a lot of soul searching before this year of the Bible, and then I started reading a little bit, and I realized I had made the word way more harder than it was. Pastor Rick said this weekend, it's very entry level, and I just, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time, and I just never made the time to do it. But let, let me tell you what I found out in all this. We're incapable of making time. 
Like, God created 24 hours, and there's nothing we can do to change it. If you find a way to change it, there's going to be a lot of people, even more than probably lottery tickets at your house, because they're going to want to know what, how do you change time. We all want 30 hours. This is not going to happen, right? So this is the cool thing. I heard this in a pastor say that once. If we want to be self-fed, if we don't want to believe this lie, I'm going to give you application on all these points. I don't have time. You, you have to learn to budget your time. And that verb budget is what I want you to key on, right? And so you might be saying, okay, what does that even mean, Amir? Okay, it's just like money. Time and money are very, very, very similar. You have to budget your time just like you budget money. And if you need an example, okay, so if I spend money over here and I get a paycheck or my parents give me money and I pay money on rent, that means I have less money to pay on the things over here. Simple budgeting, right? Some of y'all, I don't really budget well. I'm trying to learn how about y'all get all, get scary. Call shoots, start thinking about it because it'll sneak up on you. Okay, so we got a budget. So then also what, what we look at, if we look at what we spend our finances on, it'll show us what we value. Jesus said where your treasure is, your heart is there also, Right? So if we look at what you spent, it'll show you what you value. But hey, watch this. That might not be a bad thing. You might have spent most of the money you make or you get from your parents on rent and on utilities, on gas. Okay, that means you value a roof over your head and you value transportation to go to work and school. That's amazing things. But then sometimes we get crazy and we spend money on a lot of stuff. That's okay. We're adults. But then that's what we value, right? The same is with time. Look at your day, week, month. Where am I spending my time? And some of those things are incredible things. But just like money, if I'm going to spend two hours over here, that's two hours I don't have over here. We have to remember that because we budget the time. We can't make more time. So if you're a planner in this room, where are my planners at? List makers. Holla. Proud of y'all. In your planner, a suggestion would be you need to make an appointment with God. You need to have a meeting with God. Whether you're a morning person, a night person, an afternoon person, or I don't know, a fifth meal, I don't know, whatever you want, you got to make time for the Lord. you got to put it in your schedule because you know if you don't write it down, what? It's not happening. You got to put it on your list. If you're like me and you don't really make plans or schedules or stuff like that, it's kind of fun, and then sometimes it gets crazy. Uh, I would think the night before or when you wake up in the morning, just think about your day. Say, where can I spend time with God? I understand most of y'all, or a lot of y'all are in college. I understand most of y'all have a job. So think about that. Okay, if I'm in school this long or if I'm working this many hours a day, okay, I have to budget around those things. I'm not saying you change the priorities of your life. I'm saying we have to be wiser with our time. Because what happens, guys, is if we don't fight and protect our time with God and our generation and all the things that are fighting for our time, it's not going to happen. Okay. Let me just be real with you. We're just not going to. We have to be wise. We have to be proactive. Because the lie is, I don't have time for this. And God's saying, no, 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 I just want you to be self-fed. I just want to sp spend time with you daily. Remember what Pastor Dill told us in November? He said, sometimes quality is better than quantity. So if you have a 10-minute drive to school or a 30-minute drive to work, that might be all you can do. We'll make it the best 10 minutes you have all day with the Lord. And don't feel condemned because it's not about our works. It's just about simply spending time with God. Can I get an A bit on that? We're going to move on. Number two, ways we can draw close to the Lord, build your foundation on God. So we're going to build our foundation on God. This is the second truth of God's word that he promises us. So we're going to be self-fed, build our foundation on God. First, I want to share with you is Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. They'll be on the screens if you want to write it down. Scripture says this. Jesus is talking. He just gave the Sermon on the Mount, and he just, he just knocked out of the park like a four-day sermon. It's incredible. And then he just says this after all, and they're just sitting there listening. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, and watch this, he's doing a metaphor again, so visualize this is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and they beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Why? 
because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand, not rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell with a great, great crash. So this is a foreshadowing to our own life. We can build our life around the things of sand, which is sometimes our emotions, Sometimes the opinion of others, sometimes what we think we should be doing or other people are weighing our life, or we could build it on rock. We could build it on the Lord. We could build it on his word. We can build it on the foundation of God. Why? Because when, not if, when the storms come and when the circumstances come and when crazy things happen and when the unexpected happens, it doesn't matter what that wave or wind will do because you have built your house on the Lord. But when we, because you know why? The word of the Lord, it doesn't change. Scripture says it's the same yesterday as today is in the future. We change, guys. I love myself, and not in a weird way. I'm confident, but I change. That's not weird. I'm sorry. We change. So what are we building our life on? We need to be building it on the word of God, a foundation on God. This is more pressing to us, I think, than anyone else. I would tell our high school, middle school ministry this same thing about our age group, okay? So I'm not just saying this for you guys, but the way the world is getting now, but especially in young adulthood, there's so much fighting for our time, our attention, things for us to put our identity in, things for us to get our affirmation in, things for us to compare ourselves to, things for us to get purpose in, and all those always leave us unfulfilled, always. It's the lie of the world. But man, when we build our foundation on the Lord, it's always fulfilling, it's always true, it's always truth. And that's the point I'm trying to make, but hey, this is what happens. Imagine this, Jesus left this earth, right? And he went back to heaven, and he left us a few things. And these things are important, but I think I realized the other day, it's almost like he was being sneaky and said, hey, I'm going to leave these few things, and this is really all you need. He left us few He left us his spirit. So where Jesus could be is only one place, but his spirit could be everywhere. And his spirit in John 14 says it reminds us of things that came up. It reminds us of the word of God. It goes before us. It stands behind us. There's so much promise and truth in his spirit. He left us his church, not these buildings, us. We're the church. He left this church to take over this world and this church to serve the people. And no matter what crazy stuff happens out there, this church will be a light for the world. And not just Elevation. Every church in the city, could I get an A-bid? This church. And the third thing is he left his word. His word. So don't you think those three things are important? I feel like Jesus indirectly said, hey, here's a blueprint for your life. Here's a blueprint to build a foundation around. Build it around my spirit, my presence, me. Hey, build it around each other the biblical community, and please build it around my word because it's truth and it's light, and, and I promise it's gonna have your back. Because this is the interesting thing, guys. I, when we're in this age group, I think sometimes we have, I used to say this, we have the tendency to say, well, Amir, I'll live for God later, especially if your college student, it's just easy to follow this. Well, it's hard for me to do these things now. I'll, I'll start doing those things later. But really, guys, it's our 20s and 30s when we really start, to, we really need to build a foundation on God. Let me poll you guys and ask you questions. And I'm going to raise my hand to all these, but I, I just want to make a point. Most of y'all, if not uh, in this room, aren't not married yet. There are a few are, and y'all are awesome, okay? How many of y'all, with a show of hands, just to be honest, one day, no pressure, but, but look around if you're single, just kidding. One day, you want to be married. Honestly, one day you want to be married. Okay, let's keep going. How many of y'all one day want to have kids? Honestly, okay? How many one day, if you want to have kids, you want those kids to love and serve God? Wow, it's interesting to think about. But Amir, I'm single, and I'm just in college. But Amir, I'm just dating in young adulthood. But you want to have kids one day, so think about that. How many of y'all want to have a successful career one day? Honestly. Okay. 
How many of y'all want help or wisdom to make future decisions, big decisions? Okay, last one. I'm not trying to trick you. How many of y'all want to, to experience true freedom from your past, maybe decisions, maybe mistakes, and things like that? I'm raising my hand with y'all. Okay, so what are we building our life on? Because, guys, the, the mistake we think of in our 20s and 30s is that we're going to build. We're not going to ever wake up and say, I'm ready to be a husband. Here we go. Now, let me tell you this. We're never going to be truly ready. But what are we building towards? You think one day we're just going to wake up and graduate and say, I'm going to get whatever job I want because I've been building for this. I've just been kind of doing whatever. I'll get whatever. I'll be a CEO. That sounds awesome. <laughs> See, what does that even stand for? I'll do it. You want me to take over the company? Okay. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're going to be building towards those things now. It's really funny to think about. But, and I think about this way. I, Garrett, the pastor before me once said, hey, Amir, just remember you build elevation one day at a time. Just like your life, buddy. You build one day at a time. Guys, you build this foundation on God one day at a time. And like that, that metaphor Jesus gave us, one brick at a time. Just one day at a time. And the greatest part of that analogy is this. If you miss it, if you have a bad day or bad week or bad month, this is where God's a redeeming God. He says, it's cool. My grace and mercy is new every morning. I got your back. You knock down a whole wall, cool. Come to me. I'm going to help you rebuild it. We're going to keep building this foundation. Because it doesn't call us to be perfect. He just calls us to do what is, we put on, he puts on our heart and to follow him. I'll talk about that more later. Think about this. You're never going to get to the end of your life because we've got to keep that in mind and say, dang, I wish I wouldn't have sought God that hard. I wish I wouldn't be as close to God and his promises come true. And, and even during tough times, like feel like I'm comforted by God. That was a terrible idea. It just sounds weird to even say. It's like, ah, I wish I wouldn't have spent my whole life loving the Lord and finding purpose. Stink. You're also never going to look back and say, my grad school advisor told me this once. She's like, yeah, man, you're never going to look back in your life and say, I wish I would have watched more TV at the end of your life. I was like, dang, cancel my Netflix. <laughs> All right. This is embarrassing. <laughs> because what happens with Netflix is really sad. You click it, and it doesn't go down anymore, and it says season finale, and you're like, ah! And then you realize you just cranked out like 150 shows over Christmas break. I'm praying for y'all. I'm praying for y'all. <laughs> but we got to build. Someone said, thank you. That's good. So we got to build a foundation. Now, here's the lie. Here's the lie with building the foundation on the Lord. The lie from the knee is it's not worth it. Hey, Amir, it's, this is not worth it. Hey, Amir, you can't see the fruit right now. Hey, Amir, is this making a difference anyways? This is the voice we hear in our head. Let me be vulnerable with you guys. It's kind of silly to talk about, but like growing up, I, I don't know if it's because my parents are foreign. I love my parents, but English wasn't the strongest in our home. So watch this. So I just wasn't the best reader. And then I got self-conscious to read in front of people in school. And then I translated to high school where I just wasn't the best and I wouldn't ever read unless I had to. Then I got to college and I struggled more. And then I went to grad school. And if any of y'all have ever been in grad school, you got to read if you didn't know when you go to grad school, um, some more than others. And so it was always something really hard for me. So I would look at this word and I'm, I'm a new Christian and I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to read this. And I was just already intimidated. And so the lie I told myself is, well, I probably wouldn't get anything out of it anyways. But I was, ultimately, I was just scared. I was fearful because I had believed the lie that I wasn't good enough to read this or I even couldn't read it, as silly as it is, and I have a master's. Not to say that qualifies me, it's just reading the word. And so I, I don't know what that could be for you. That maybe, I'll lie, maybe you're intimidated by the word. Maybe you grew up in a church and, and church was kind of boring. And so you're like, I, I'm here, the word's just kind of boring. Or maybe you say, I, I don't really get much out of it when I read. I, I understand, but, but the, I feel like that's what the enemy wants. Because when he deceives us and when he separates, because that's the enemy's plan from the garden. He's going to separate us from God and each other. So when he says, I feel like he says, I won. Yes. They're not reading. Yes. For some reason, they don't think they're going to get anything out of it. Yes. And remember, he says, I've come to still kill and show. But God says, hey, I'm trying to give you life. And not only life, life to the full. Life in abundance is what another translation says. Check out this verse Pastor Rick said earlier. 2 Timothy 3.16. It's incredible. 
All scripture, all, hear me when I say all, is God-breathed, inspired by the Lord, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking. Rebuking is a loving correction, correcting and training in righteousness. And watch this. So that the servant of God, that's us, may be thoroughly, not just equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work, for the job you're aspiring for, for the husband you want to be one day, for the class you're trying to just get through and pass, for every good work, for the challenging times, for the decisions you got to make. This Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God wants to equip you for the rest of your life, and that's a promise from God. But our lives would say, but I'm not going to get anything out of it. And this, and this scripture is saying, no, 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 I want it to be everything for you. And let me, let me tell you this. An application for this point is to combat this lie, I think it's simple. We just have to apply the Word of God to our lives, okay? So the past two scriptures I've read, I wanted y'all to visualize it because that's a way we apply the Word to our life. Like, put yourself in these people's shoes. Like, Jesus is walking around, turning water into wine, and you're just a disciple on the other, other side of the wedding. Like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Or, or the nation of Israel is in slavery, but their great-great-grandfather, Abraham, was told that we would be blessed and we'd be descendants, and then we're slaves, and the next thing you know, we're getting out of there, and we're not slaves anymore. Like, imagine that, because there were slaves back in the day. It's a very relevant thing to think about. But I think sometimes we read the word, and we think, I'm not going to get anything out of this because the enemies deceive us, but I want you to put yourself in their shoes, that's why the Bible talks about faith and works. Not only do we hear the word of God, we gotta put it to action. I want you all to write these three questions down. A mentor told us the other day that will help you apply the word. Simple. When you read any scripture, whether it's one verse or a chapter, what is it saying about God? So what's this verse saying about God? What's it saying about me? And what's it saying about the world? Okay, what's it saying about God? What's it saying about me? What's it saying about the world? Super simple. Because not only are we supposed to read that, Scripture says we read earlier, it's supposed to meditate, meaning we've got to think through the Word. Let me give you an application of how that works. So there's a Scripture in Timothy that said, hey, God didn't give me a, a spirit of fear. So what's that say about God? It says that worry and fear and doubt is not from the Lord. Because that one's very direct. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, what's that say about me? It says that I'm going to fear sometimes, and I'm going to fall short, but my identity is not in the fear. My identity is in the sound mind and the power and the things that God has promised me. That's what that scripture means. And what does that mean about the world? It probably means that we're going to struggle, that we're going to fear, that we're going to have some doubt, but it's cool that God promised us that we will not have to live by that fear. That's what it says about the world. Just a simple, simple thought, because then we start to get the word in our hearts. Then the word helps us make decisions. Then we live by convictions because it's, it went from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And that's the power of building your life around the world. But we got to remember, guys, the lies. Hey, I'm not going to get anything. No, you're going to get everything from it. That's actually the truth. Number three, we're going to land this plane. Another way to draw close to the Lord, we got to follow God, not just believe in him. And this is a little bold, but stay with me. We got to follow God, not just believe in him. So we got to be self-fed. We gotta build our foundation on the Lord, and we gotta follow God, not just believe in him. James 2, 19 says, you believe that there's one God? Great. Even the demons do. It's like he's being sarcastic, and they shudder. Meaning there's some people, we use this word believe in two ways, that just believe, they understand who God is, they know who God is. There's people who do that. And then there are believers, followers of Christ who are just believers, but they're, they're not followers yet. They have not made that decision. So I'm challenging you with the thought of, it's just not enough to believe. New Life Church, guys, our ultimate goal with anyone who comes through these doors is that we would become fully devoted followers of Christ, not fully devoted believers of Christ. Hey, watch this. The believing is the way you get in the door because there's nothing you can do to earn God's love. It is a grace gift from the Lord, salvation, okay? So I'm not saying believing is a bad thing, but I, I believe what God's calling us to do and what I wanted to get in young adulthood as we're going through this word is we're called to follow 
God, right? Not just be with us. Think about this. When you follow someone, you got to be close to them. Think if, like, I was going to Little Rock, and I was like, hey, follow me. We're going to go eat in this restaurant at Little Rock, and then you just didn't keep up with me. And it was night, and you were just like, well, this thing's, I don't even know where we're going. <laughs> when you follow somebody, you got to be close to them so you can hear them and be led by them. And that's the coolest part of all this. Visualize this. When Jesus says, I want, to, I want you to follow me, that means he's always going to be in front of us. So sometimes when you think you're doing life alone or you're going through hell on earth, you got to know that the Lord is still leading you. He's still with you. Scripture says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's the promise of God, another one that's found in his word. Check out this verse, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Guys, Scripture also says that God gives us the desires of our heart. So God, God has put and will put dreams and desires and goals and these things you're aspiring for. But he want, what he wants you to know is, hey, I don't think you can fully and ultimately accomplish those without following me. So when it says his word is a lamp to our feet, it's not a spotlight. It's a lamp. And if you've ever seen a lamp, a lamp will show you probably the next couple of steps. So if I'm holding a lamp, it's probably going to, I'm on step one, I'm trying to get to step ten, I can take a step or two and the lamp will guide me. And then I'm gonna be at step three and I'm gonna take a step or two and maybe I'm at step six. And where we get caught up is we don't keep that in mind and we get challenged because we don't see immediate fruit because we want so bad step 10, but we can't just leapfrog over there. And what God wants is to build us on the way. Because step 10 is amazing, but he wants to build you up and make you rely on him and build your character so by the time you get to 10, you forgot why you're going there. Because he wants to do a work in you. And young adults, what we forget to do sometimes is we forget to turn around and see where we came from and what God has done and how he's pulled us out of darkness and think, wow, I've came a lot farther than I thought I did. And then I'm going to turn around and like Hebrews says, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. That's the promise. So when this says, this is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, I need you to make that scripture call. Here's the last lie. The lie of not following God is I'm not ready yet. I used to say, God, I'm not ready yet. Even as a pastor, I was like, I'm not ready yet, God. I was freaking out for a long time, just a long time. But even in undergrad, when I gave my life to Christ, I'm not ready yet, God. You don't know my past. I'm not like these other people I see at Elevation. I can't be like them. I'm just, my parents are foreign. Like, I didn't grow up in church. I don't even know what these people are talking about. All these people know this, and I don't know anything about that. I don't know if I'm ready to get out of my comfort zone. I'm one foot in, one foot out, and God's just saying, hey, I just want you to follow me. Because this is the truth, guys. You're no, you'll never be ready. You'll never be ready. When Jesus was calling his disciples, he was looking at them like it was a game. Hey, you, come follow me. Hey, you, come follow me. He didn't say, go home, pack your lunchable, kiss your mom on the cheek, and get out the door. He said, stand up, drop your pole, come, come follow me. Check out the scripture, Romans 5, 8. This will tie it all together. But God demonstrates his own love Hear that word, love, for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait till we were ready. He didn't wait till we had it all together. He didn't wait till we figured it all out. Why? Because we were incapable of ever being fully ready. Because we've always needed a savior, guys. We've always needed to be complete by Christ. Scripture says that we'll all fall short of the glory of God. We're never meant to be perfect because he is the perfected one. And when we follow him and rely on him and give our life to him and stay close to him, he's saying, I got your back. And all those voids you fill in your life and all the ways you've been hurt, it's okay. Just follow me and I will fill every single void you see around you. 
That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to have it all together. Just trust me with your life and follow me. And I believe God's asking us that today. So think about these truths and think about these lies that can be traps in our walk with God. God has called us, especially in young adulthood, guys, we can't live off our parents' faith anymore. It's time for you to make your relation with God your own, and y'all do that. But we gotta be self-fed. We gotta be seeking God our own and let these other things, church, life group, all these things are amazing, but they're called a supplement. You and your one-on-one walk with God. Don't follow that trap, I don't have time. Because it's not the truth. We need to build our foundation now. Now is the time to set ourselves up for later and success for later. And don't follow a lie, I won't get anything out of it. But you're gonna get everything out of it, I promise. And God's just asking us to follow him. He doesn't say, have it figured out. He just said, just follow me. Just follow me. He knew we wouldn't have it figured out. He knew that we would need a savior. And I really think he's not asking us to be ready. He's just asking us to be willing. I'm just asking, will you please be willing to follow me? I feel like that's what Jesus is saying to us today. So I'm challenging you guys, let's do this together. Let's get in the word together. Let's seek God in 2016 together. We say this as a church, and I believe as a pastor, I won't just say that just because 2016 is going to be the best year of our lives. It's because we're going to seek God like never before and build our life around him in this word. And remember, guys, if you miss a day, if you haven't started, I told you I missed yesterday. I got to read two days tonight. If you get off track, it's okay. You hit refresh, and you go seek the heart of God again. Because it's not, a, it's not this works thing. We're just trying to seek God for truth. Can I get an amen?